Welcome, folks, to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you from these United States of America here in Des Moines, Iowa, where we both work for Iowa Cat... No, well, we do work for Iowa Cat Radio, <laughs> but I meant Mercy College of Health That's Sciences, right. where I'm the Senior Advisor for Mission Initiatives and the Director of the Center for Human Flourishing. Bud, what do you do at the old college? I'm the Associate Provost at the college, so involved in academic affairs, all things academic. And uh, all things academic uh, mean that here in January we're starting new semesters, so you need to go to mchs.edu. Probably a little late to get started on what we're up to now, but you can start making plans for summer and the fall. All sorts of ways for people to be involved in uh, getting into uh, the health field, all the way from quick certificates to online degrees, accelerated BSN, all sorts of ways to uh, be formed in the spirit of the Sisters of Mercy, be great technicians in the medical field, but then go help people, mchs.edu. Bo, you want to know how big of a nerd I was? And our listeners under 30 may not even get this, but you know when we were in high school, the joy of buying a new CD, like a new album, <laughs> yes. and you'd rip off the cellophane, that yeah. was always like an epiphany or just, you know, ecstatic moment. For me, and I'm saying this because of the start of the new semester, I was such a nerd in college that I would cart my new textbooks home, often wrapped in plastic, and it was like, what other kids um, experienced through like new rock albums for me, it was like, oh, these textbooks—they were so shiny and well. So new. in a similar way to show off the, the the dork, the total dork pedigree of this show, um, the last, the first semester when I was undergrad was the last semester that um, you had to physically walk in to an office and like fill oh. out your course catalog. The next semester, you they sent out the course catalog and email. And then you went on to an online. Okay. Yeah. So it would, I forget when you could do this. It would drop like, I think like 12, it might be midnight or something like that. And I would stay up <laughs> just so I could enroll in all of these classes that I wanted. And it got like fantasy football. So like, should I do this one? I'd over enroll and then go try out ones and then switch. Yeah. And uh, everyone else is like, oh, we just did what our advisor said. And I was like, nah, I'm going to try to make the best schedule. So uh, yeah, man. You, you did that with books. I did that even with the classes where I was just – I was up thinking and dreaming about which class will I yeah. take. It's it's crazy because when I was growing up, you would hear people say, like, I'm 50 years old, but in my mind, I still, you know, think of things as, like, I'm 30. You know, like, my body has changed, but, like, it takes your mind time to catch up to, like, your actual age. And we're getting to the point where, like, we really sound like fogies. Yeah. Um, so we can be – you know, for myself, my freshman year of college was the first time I had had a, an email account. And when they set up like an intranet chat service, like we thought it was just insane. Like I can talk to my buddy and he's in That's a different right. dorm or something. But the future is kind of disappointing. Like <laughs> my, my oldest daughter, Madeline, was like, where's the hovercrafts? And I was like, yeah, you know. We had a lot of promises that did not pay out. We just have the metaverse, but not really any cool things to fly around. But you know what? I have to say, one of the other things about growing up is now that I've driven uh, for four decades, I don't know if we need like another dimension for people to mess oh, up yeah. and wreck into people. I get so nervous watching Star Wars where there's traffic not only on the ground, but like multiple layers. That's right. I just think they'd be cleaning up accidents like 24-7. In some ways, I'm like, maybe we should just, you know, less dimensions, right? All on a rail just so people can't mess it up. But by the way, I mean, I, they mess up the rails too. But So, you know, maybe I should should cut all these people a break. Uh, one thing that I will say uh, that, that hasn't changed, like you said, uh, we still look forward to books. And uh, the, the guest that we're having today precisely is because we have wonderful people who talk about books uh, that are coming up. 
and uh, you know, do they fit the show? And yeah. so this is an, an all star that we've had on the, the the show before. But I really think his book uh, today that we're going to talk about really pertinent. Uh, for for people uh, in out there listening in the audience, yeah, we're speaking with Father Carter Griffin, and it, to me, Bo, he's he's just a, a great figure in the sense that he's the rector at John Paul II Seminary in D.C. So he's got boots on the ground training the next generation of priests. But when he finds time to write, it's really great stuff. I think his book on celibacy is one of the best that's out there. Like why uh, Latin Rite priests have the discipline of celibacy. His most recent offering is cross-examined Catholic responses to the world's questions. And um, if you've ever struggled with how to talk to like family members or loved ones about difficult teachings of the faith, I think Father Griffin gives, he, he tackles 25 challenging topics and gives just like a great intro into each one of them. And it does so, like I said, uh, in, a, in a very economic way, so yeah. that this isn't some huge um, encyclopedia uh, that you're going to drown in. It, it, he's concise, he gets to the point, and is clear. And so we want to make sure that people uh, not only, of course, listen to the interview, but make sure to go find out more that what Father is doing. So this is what we have lined up for the show. You're not, one gonna, you're not going to want to miss it. Man, I messed that one up. This is The Uncommon Good, and stick around. We'll be back right after this. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Blessman International. According to a global food security report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help them all, but how about one? One child. Blessman International provides 60,000 children in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, offering insurance products for farm, ranch, machinery, livestock, and much more. It's your future. Let's protect it. Cindy's phone number is 515-226-2111. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry. Sarah is an apostolate dedicated to the support of new and existing vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. We're back with The Uncommon Good. Bob Bonner, Dr. Bud Mar joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show. It's wonderful to have you with us, and we're always glad to have you uh, listen here on Iowa Catholic Radio, of course, uh, the, the, the broadcast, but you can also listen live on iowacatholicradio.com where you can do other things like donate, check out the shows. If you have Iowa Catholic Radio app, you can listen live wherever you have data. You can also follow us on things like Facebook and Twitter. We love to have interaction with you all, and thank you again for listening. But I'm going to toss it over to you to introduce today's guest. Our guest this morning, we're, we're pleased to have Father Carter Griffin on the show. He's a priest of the Archdiocese of Washington and also rector at St. John Paul II Seminary in Washington, D.C. Uh, he's written a wonderful book, one of the best, on celibacy. His most recent offering, though, is Cross-Examine, Catholic Responses to the World's Questions. And Father, I got I to gotta ask you first off, it, it says here that you spent some time in the Navy. 
Were you celebrating the football victory this weekend? <laughs> I certainly was, especially because one of the other priests here is a big Army guy. So that allowed me to gloat a little bit more than usual. Nice. Um, well, with this new book, so um, it's, it's, it really gets into apologetics, cross-examine Catholic responses to the world's questions. Uh, could you talk some about, um, so you've written on celibacy in the past, you know, great work on that. What kind of drew you to apologetics and any advice for Catholics on how we, we do this part of the faith well? Sure. Um, well, to tell you the truth, well, okay, I guess going backwards to my own conversion, um, a big part of my conversion was uh, from being Protestant to being Catholic was using the mind. I sort of read my way into the faith, and it sort of was a head, uh, then later on to the heart kind of conversion for me. So apologetics was very important for me to understand how the Church defended different teachings um, and how we could, both moral teachings, but also scriptural teachings and so forth. So, and, and I think it's a deeply Catholic thing to do. You know, there's this sense that, that the world, that the cosmos has an order to it, that there's, it's reasonable, you know, that we, we believe that, that obviously our Lord is the incarnate divine logos, you know, the reason, the eternal reason mm-hmm. that permeates everything. So there's a, there's a purpose and a reason behind things, and we can understand them with our human minds. Um, obviously, many things we know only by revelation, but even those things can be defended against charges that they are somehow irrational. You know, we don't believe that anything in our faith is irrational. So I think that's kind of the, the background for me. And then I wanted, when I started here at the seminary uh, 11 years ago, when the seminary started, I think all of us on faculty were determined to do something to really help these guys form their minds in these kind of pressing issues of the day. So I started to do these kind of very short, brief, pithy kind of treatments of different uh, areas of church teaching and wanted to start, I, w- I wanted to do a little bit of a scholastic feel to it. So you kind of start with kind of the opposing arguments. You know, all the, I could try to think all the, th- all the reasons why people think that we're crazy, <laughs> you know, and wrong, and write them all down, and then the Catholic teaching, and then sort of respond to those objections. So that's what I did in really short format, and over time it kind of grew and grew, and it, and it ended up being um, kind of a large body of these things. And so a lot of people suggested maybe it could be helpful for others too. So that's, that's kind of the origin of the book. And, you know, I think it's really something for every Catholic to have um, an understanding of the faith such a way that he or she can then um, defend that faith. That's what the word apologia means. It doesn't mean apologies like, I'm sorry for being Catholic. It means apolo- ap- ap- apologia, which is from the Greek, which means a defense, like a legal defense, you know, defending, defending someone from charges that they are, you know, that they're wrong or criminal or something like that. And so, and it comes actually from the scriptures itself, from First Peter three fifteen, where he says, "Always be prepared to make a defense, you know, to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you." Um, and so, I think all of us can learn a little bit more about the faith and and be able to uh, overcome prejudices or you know explain things more clearly to the people. Um, but also, I think it's really helpful for Catholics to grow in confidence. You know, I know it is for me. You know, just to see the beauty of the faith and how everything sort of links together and flows from one another, and, you know, you take out, it's like taking out a house of cards. You take out one, you know, and you sort of give in, say that, say that, you know, something is totally irrational. The whole thing comes tumbling down. Um, And so, like, knowing just kind of the harmony and the integrity of the faith, I think is a great source of confidence also for for Catholics. So I think there's a lot of reasons, um, you know, to, to study this stuff. Well, Father, this is Bo. Thank you for joining the show. One of the things that I think is important when you think about, like, a show like ours that's dedicated to the common good is there's a way in which that gets uh, shifted to think of only sort of uh, social social realities like, oh, you know, roads or justice. or I mean, there's all sorts of things, obviously, that the common good uh, talks about quite a bit. But I think sometimes we forget that even things like making sure that people know the truth as best as they can understand it is part of the common good. You think about 
the spiritual and uh, you know corporal acts of mercy. And, and obviously there are things that are bodily, and, and maybe there's ways in which there's some precedent towards that. But in the end, there's also the idea of instructing the ignorant. or make, So I think the defense of the faith ends up being a common good that people sometimes uh, forget. I think we want to sort of professionalize it, as it were, and leave it to people on you know, radio shows, for instance, or people who write books. But I think to your point, there's a way in which we are all apologists, uh, maybe in small, uh, specific, unique times. And so the idea, I think, behind your book, it seems to me, is not that people need to you know, make a career change and become an apologist, but that if we're prayerful and mindful about it, will have occasions to contribute to the common good of making uh, a defense of the faith. Yeah, I, well, I think that's exactly right. You know, I, I think that instructing the ignorant being a, a work of mercy, and of course everyone has a right to hear the truth, and, mm-hmm. and if they're not going to hear it from us as Catholics, then who are they going to hear it from? Um, so to, to, ha- to feel that sense of, like, part of our responsibility in contributing to the common good is precisely knowing our faith in such a way that we can help people Again, overcome their prejudices and come to a deeper appreciation and knowledge of the truth. Um, you also said something really interesting, which is that you know every Catholic is going to be in situations around people that no one else is going to be around, and that so it's it's kind of there is a need for for that person to be to be ready, um, and 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 that it needs to be a prayerful thing. You know, Saint Peter in that First Peter three fifteen I mentioned, there's a, there's a sense in that there's a section at the end that is often left out, and he says, you know, be prepared to make a defense, and he says. And he says, yet do it with gentleness and reverence, you know? So that sense that we, in our prayerfulness and our following the Lord Jesus as disciples, have been commissioned by him, um, not just to speak with our mouths and with our minds, uh, but with our whole person, you know, that somehow our, our discipleship itself is something that is convincing. It's a convincing witness to others. So there's lots of different ways that we can bring people closer to the truth and fulfill that aspect of the common good. And I think this is, this is one of them. Near the end of the book, Father, you tackle some really tough issues, and you get into some of the life issues. I think a lot of listeners are really familiar with the church's stance on abortion and sort of the reasoning behind that. One that's really tough, and Bo and I know this from teaching bioethics at Mercy College of Health Sciences, is, um, you know, the church has taken a pretty firm position that uh, medical doctors should never hasten death, even in the case of terminal illness, etc. Could you talk for just a, a few minutes here about, you know, why the church approaches that question in that way? Sure, yeah. I mean, the whole question of assisted suicide is a really, really tricky one. Um, and, you know, it can be—I think there can be some confusion about the, the Church's re- rationale for that. The, the, the Church's rationale is not that um, like, to be Catholic means to just keep someone physically alive at all costs, for, at any expense, with any risk, you know, in any amount of pain. Uh, and that is anything but the truth. I mean, the Church certainly has a deep appreciation for, you know, that slogan that is used against us, which, with, which is death with dignity. Um, the question is, what is— what is that dignity? The dignity is not found by us facilitating or causing our own death, but actually of, 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 of being sort of an agent, the, the primary agent of our own, um, of, of, of our, of, of, of our own, that own process of, of going, into, going into that process of death, you know, that, that we recognize what's going on and, or somebody who does so sort of in our, in our stead, but that, but that causing death is something that is, is never permissible, that, that we're not the Lord's um, of life, but but the, but but God is. You know, we're merely stewards of our own life, um, and there's a tremendous amount of kind of there's a real lack of understanding of how suffering can not only be uh, something dignified, 
but actually something meaningful and sanctified, um, and that the Lord, in his own passion, has given us the power through our baptism of turning that suffering into something very beautiful, not only for us, uh, but for many other people. And so recognizing kind of these different aspects of, um, of, of the Church's teaching, and then also recognizing at the level of you know, much of what you and your viewers or your listeners are interested in, which is the common good, that there is a profound uh, wound to the common good when we start going down this road of deciding who can or who should and who should not be alive, you know, who should, whose death should be accelerated and whose should not. Um, that's a very, very quick downward slope towards um, very dark places that, has, that have been tried before in cultures, and it's disastrous every time. So I think there's a lot of issues that people don't recognize, and they simply think about, you know, when they get old or maybe loved ones are old, and wouldn't it be nice if we could just kind of, you know, ease someone out, you know, with a, you know, uh, in, a, in a gentle way. Um, but there's a lot more going on to that question than people may realize. Well, Father, we're, we're getting ready to hit the break, but I just want to emphasize for folks that uh, your book where you deal with this, because, of course, these are big issues. This can sound like, oh, is this like a voluminous tome uh, that's going to be <laughs> difficult for people uh, to, to look through, but I really want to uh, laud the fact that your book, not that it's just short in length, but the, the succinctness and the crispness of getting to the heart of what these issues are dealing with so that they're in a format that, um, that people who, who aren't uh, PhDs in, in sort of moral uh, ethical theology, uh, you know, the, the, these are ways that pathways into being able to make that case. And uh, like I said, we're getting ready to come up to the break here, but I wanted to laud you for that and then make sure that people knew that that's precisely what you were trying to get at with this book. And so uh, uh, when we get back from the break, we'll, we'll, we'll hit a, another question or two, and then we'll make sure to let people know where they can find that book. This is The Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. This, uh, thank you for listening to the show, uh, Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be back right after this. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio was provided by Bows and the Florist. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, weddings, whatever the message, say more with Bozen. Bozen.com, 515-244-ROSE. Bozen makes the moment mean more. Thank you to our business partner, Big Red Q Quick Print. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com BigRedQ-DesMoines.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mary's Cleaning Care. Mary's Cleaning Care cleans everything from residential to commercial in Des Moines and surrounding areas. Mary'sCleaningCare.com Thank you, Mary's Cleaning Care, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Mary's Meals provides hope in the form of one good meal to over 2 million of the world's poorest children every school day. Learn more about Mary's Meals at marysmealsusa.org. Mary's Meals, a simple solution to world hunger. marysmealsusa.org. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Catholic Charities, where exceptional service is a hallmark in caring for those with essential needs, including food pantry, professional counseling, emergency family shelter, and refugee services. CatholicCharitiesDM.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Mercy One, your expert circle of personalized care for all your health needs. With more care locations than anyone, your best life is their one purpose. Find your doctor at MercyOne.org. back with the Uncommon Good. Bob Bonner, Dr. Budmar, joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show, but I'm going to get right to it because we have so much interesting things to talk about in this last segment with Father. With yeah, we're really honored to have Father Carter Griffin on the show. We've mentioned his book is Cross-Examined Catholic Responses to the World's Questions. And like Bo said, if you've ever struggled to talk to family members about difficult teachings of the faith, this new book by Emmaus Road is a great resource to turn to. Father, jumping right in, um, I, before the show ended today, I wanted to touch on capital punishment. And I think why this one might be difficult for some Catholics is if they've delved into the history a bit, it, it can seem on the surface that the Church has sort of spoken differently about this in different times. So in some eras, we have comments from popes saying, you know, of course, like the state possesses the authority to enact the most severe of punishments on certain occasions. Today, of course, with especially, I think, Pope John Paul II and Pope Francis today, they very much um, have said strong words against, I think, like um, not practicing capital punishment in modern societies. Uh, in your study for the book, what did, what did you learn about that history? What would you say to Catholics who might be wrestling with those questions? Well, I think the first thing that I'd say is that this is one of those very interesting issues where people of really uh, deep and, uh, and goodwill can, can come to some disagreements here, not only about what they own pers- what they personally believe about capital punishment, but even about like what uh, sort of the church uh, forming our mind in accord with the mind of the church, um, which seems to have you know there's been adjustments. I think a lot of that adjustment is more surface than uh, substantial when you actually kind of get into it. The basic um, kind of principles that are used uh, are are very similar whether somebody comes down in favor or against it in a particular time, a particular culture, a particular circumstance. Um, and so I, I did it in the book as the only issue of the 25 that I sort of said, you know, this is these arguments for capital punishment or for allowing it, and these are arguments against, because there's some very compelling arguments on both sides. I mean, one thing that I would just point out to somebody who maybe is, you know, in favor of capital punishment and is upset that the Church has changed, sort of changed her teaching, as you might say it, it's just to say that culture and circumstances have changed a great deal, um, and that has to be considered, as well as, frankly, we are in a time where kind of the regard for innocent human life, for innocent human life, is at an all-time low, uh, especially with the issue of abortion. And so even though this is, we're not talking about innocent human life necessarily, it is part of a larger fabric and part of the Church's own witness of life uh, when a Catholic is opposed to capital punishment. Um, so anyway, I think that's uh, something that yeah. I found very compelling uh, in that argument against capital punishment. Um, but on the other hand, you get it the other side, and there's tremendous arguments for saying that in certain circumstances, not only does the state have a right, but in some cases even a duty to make sure that society is protected from somebody and that justice is served in this way. So it's a tricky and very complicated, but also very kind of delightfully um, interesting issue for, for Catholics to discuss. Well, and I think that that's important for people to realize is that when it comes to apologetics, it's not simply the memorization and the, the enumeration of, you know, these several how many ever propositions. I know when I've had the chance to try to talk to people about what how you do apologetics, I, I always like um, turning to Frank Sheed's notion, right, that apologetics is a map of life, right? The idea is how do you set out 
a way for people uh, to make it on this journey to heaven in the life that we live now. And so, you know, whether you, you talk about this through the lens of like Newman's development or you talk about this in terms, like you said, of like the context changing radically in the modern world, it's not simply like here's the do's and don'ts, but here's the destiny of where we're heading. This is who we are and this is where we live now. That doesn't mean things are relative. It means that they are incarnational, that we have these truths that become embodied in our world. And in many ways, that's what apologetics is trying to accomplish in the here and now. I think so. You know, and I think, you know, the Church does come to a deeper realization of certain, as you just mentioned from Newman's kind of uh, way of framing that, a deeper appreciation of things. Over the, it doesn't mean things have changed, but a deeper kind of awareness of certain things. And I do think that the dignity of the individual human person is one of the kind of positive fruits of the whole Enlightenment project. There are a lot of very dark fruits from that project, too. But certainly an appreciation for the individual freedom, individual dignity. And I think some of those things, as they kind of blossom and come to maturity, also will have some effects on the way the Church is framed certain moral teachings, and I think capital punishment is a great example of that. I also want to just say real quick what you said about apologetics and sort of assimilating and not regurgitating is so hugely important, you know, that it's not just a matter of like learning, like, these are the right answers to say to somebody who says this to me. Um, and that certainly is not, the, I hope, the takeaway from people looking at this book, but, mm -hmm. but it's really something where they can sort of say, this is something I'm, a, I'm, I'm gaining, that my mind is being transformed, you know, I'm gaining the mind of the Church, and I'm able to bring that out in my own words and in my own circumstances. Well, Father, we, we ran out of time, but like one more time, if you can tell people the book and the easiest way for them to find it, because we can't uh, lot it enough as, a, as an entry point for people to, to learn about apologetics and think about ways they can enter into this discussion. Well, thanks for having me on. And it, the book is called Cross-Examined, Catholic Responses to the World's Questions. And it's available on, you know, Amazon or anywhere else. It's actually out of Emmaus Road, which is part of the St. Paul Center. So it's always good to kind of get things right from the publisher if you can. <laughs> well, Father Carter Griffin, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, blessings in all that you do in this ministry of apologetics. God bless you both. Thank you so much. Yeah, but that was a fantastic interview, yeah. and we're glad. We actually, he's an all-star. He's been on the show uh, twice, so uh, people should go back and listen to the other one as well. If people want to be a part of the prayer life of uh, Iowa Catholic Radio, but how can they do so? Yeah, if you're looking to deepen your prayer life in this new year, please pray the rosary daily with us at 10 a.m., the Angelus daily at 11.55 in the morning, Divine Mercy Chaplet right before 3, and you can also pray the rosary anytime, anywhere on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Folks, we want to say thank you for all that you do for us, uh, your volunteer hours, uh, your prayers, which we covet very much, but the idea of you providing for us materially, and when you make that a reality, that makes this ministry a reality. Uh, there's so much to be proud of and happy for when it comes to what Iowa Catholic Radio is able to do, but that only happens because this ministry is beyond the people behind the boards or on the uh, in the offices or on air. It's because it's part of your ministry as well. So, 515-223-1150 if you want to call in and talk about donating or even texting them, or you can go to iowacatholicradio.com, hit the donate button there. There's also a donate button on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Thank you for supporting our show, and uh, please consider supporting it uh, into the future, iowacatholicradio.com and 515-223-1150. Well, bud, uh, anytime we get a good guest like that on the show and they uh, talk about things like apologetics, um, it makes me glad that we have uh, a, a specific... Mm -hmm. Uh, 30 minutes every week to yeah. to do apologetics, because uh, otherwise I, I would feel convicted to, to do a better job uh, than I currently am. Yeah, I hope this um, interview was helpful for our listeners. Like it's For me, it's something that I think about a lot and wrestle with, so I was, it's great to have Father Griffin on the show.
Yeah, and uh, so St. Paul Center, right, is where uh, this book is from, but he's done other stuff up there as well, I think? Yeah, you can go to St. Paul Center's website. The publisher's name is Emmaus Road, but like you said, if you can get it through the publisher, I think that's that's best. That's fantastic. Again, folks, we want to say thank you. This is The Uncommon Good, and we'll be back next week. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one. And anytime on podcast, just search for The Uncommon Good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and The Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu.